Hello and welcome to DRS Top Picks. I am Scott Vassilotti. Hi, I'm Drew Martin. I am Ryan Keita. And I'm Sean King. And uh, today we are doing our top three favorite Simpson episodes. And we are joined by our, our friend Sean, uh, Sean King. Um, we've known Sean for, for years and years and years, and so we're very happy to have him on. Uh, he's a big Simpsons fan. We are we are all big Simpson fans, so this is a topic that uh, that we've been wanting to discuss for a while. Sean, before we go ahead and go with the picks, you just kind of want to tell us about your relationship with The Simpsons, what got you into The Simpsons, or overall views? Sure, yeah. Uh, you know, I've been a huge fan of The Simpsons um, since I was a little kid, uh, like probably all of us here. Um, my older brother would record uh, reruns back in the late 90s and early 2000s, <laughs> and you know, all the reruns back then were practically pure gold. So, uh, you know, anytime it was a rainy day or I was home from school sick, I would opt to watch those VHS tapes rather than the quintessential daytime TV, Price is Right, what have you. So, uh, you know, I would just watch those classics a lot and um, they kind of just stuck with me through the years and they were always so great. Um, and I just want to say that it was really difficult choosing these top three um, yeah. these episodes yeah. just because of the amazing library of, of early Simpsons, in my opinion. Yeah, this was a hard topic. Like, I number one, Sean, I was so happy to have you on this episode because I remember your family having one of those Simpsons character uh, epi- uh, posters, and you could identify virtually every character <laughs> on that poster. I was floored. Uh, so I know about... one that has, like, the 150-plus yeah. people? I could look at those and maybe name 10 or 15. <laughs> <laughs> I know where they, in context who they are, but, like, their names. I know you're better at that than I am. I'm just like... Yeah. <laughs> Something about it just kind of stuck with me. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know what it was. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 be, it was this huge thing. It was like a cultural currency mm-hmm. when we were in like you know school, our formative years. And it's funny, Scott and I just saw one of those Simpsons mm-hmm. character yeah. posters, but it was a more modern one. And we were like, I can't name anyone. Yeah. There are a lot of there are. Oh, yeah. Because I think we're probably all guilty of it. It's like the Simpsons were like the golden years were like one through eight, one seasons one through eight, one through nine. And then I stuck around to, I think on DVD I have like one through 12. Yeah. And then everything after that is like, I, I just kind of. You keep you, your occasional gold and stuff, but for yeah, the most but, part it's, you know, yeah, you know where like the I just stick with the, are. with the golden years yeah. and, and I couldn't name you any of the newer characters or anything like that, but. Yeah, not that they've introduced many new yeah, people they probably, or anything. Yeah, it's who knows. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's go ahead and should we go ahead and start with? Yeah, the list I'll, here? I'll go ahead and hit you yeah. all with my number three. And this, I I know this isn't on anyone's list. It can't be on anyone's list. If it is, I'll eat my ten gallon bucket hat, uh, concealing a camera at the Quickie Mart. Uh, it is uh, or your her shorts. <laughs> I'll eat my shorts. Thank you, Ryan. The obvious thing. I went. I went on a long walk. That's the most that. casual Simpson fan here. <laughs> I was thinking of the one where he has the right, camera. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, it's Hurricane Nettie. Uh, Hurricane Nettie is. I gotta look up the the season and everything like that. Uh, so it was season eight, episode eight, kind of a later cut. Um, for those who don't remember or haven't seen this one, it's the one where uh, there's a storm that strikes the town of Springfield, blows down Ned's house. Uh, 
a terrific joke right off the bat is, you know, everyone's like, it's okay, Ned, like, you're, you're insured, right? And he says, no, it's a form of gambling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is your lawful good character who won't buy home insurance because, you know, it's, it's a form of gambling. It's a sin. I love Ned episodes. I love Ned as a character. I love the lore of Ned. I love every time he like rips his shirt off. He's super jacked. Like <laughs> I love ski pants and <laughs> feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. Stupid six. <laughs> <laughs> Just he's got so many wonderful moments. He's such a like naive, loving character, and this episode is such a great exploration of his like his psyche because his home blows down. He loses it on everyone. The town tries to build him a house. It falls apart. It's shoddily constructed. Ned has a a real mental breakdown. Um, And he has this kind of like dark night of the soul where he has to reconcile his faith. He has to reconcile his community, his parenting, his upbringing, like who he is as a person. And it's this like huge existential exploration of like what it is to be a noble or good person when bad things happen. Um, I know that's me like maybe thinking way too hard about Hurricane Nettie. But um, the, the, the thing that keeps me coming back on that episode is just so many wonderful jokes. Like, it balances this serious storyline with so many awesome jokes. Like, uh, you know, his family is in this, you know, emergency center. They're they're being given food and clothing and everything like that. Uh, his kids, Rod and Todd, come up. They're like, Daddy, we got some new clothes. Uh, Todd, Todd's wearing a shirt that says Butthole Surfers. <laughs> He's like, look, Daddy, I'm a surfer. <laughs> uh, and then by all time, it might be my favorite Simpsons joke is... The one where they show Ned footage of him as a child. And he's going crazy and he's staring up a, a children's center and he's like, you know, look out, prude face, I'm Dick Tracy. Look out, Dick Tracy, now I'm prude face. <laughs> the whole thing turns out to be a dick joke anyway. It's very funny. Uh, great episode. Makes me laugh every time. I'm with you with Ned. Uh, Ned's one of my favorite characters. When I was making my list, I, I didn't even think of that episode. That was fantastic. But if I had to do like my top three favorite characters, Ned would probably be number one. So I do love Ned char- or, uh, Ned-centered episodes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just love them. And when I was Ned Flanders at Comic-Con for a few years, oh, um, awesome. it was it was a big hit. Got my picture taken with a lot of random people. <laughs> and, uh, Some actually thought so, that was yeah. real Ned Flanders. So, uh, <laughs> so it's a great costume that I have. I just love Ned. So that's a, that's an excellent pick. There. It reminded me of uh, one of my jokes from one of my episodes where uh, at one point... Uh, uh, a truth is revealed and his son asks him, uh, are we going to jail? And he goes, I don't know, son. I don't know. <laughs> so there's your hint for where I'm going. Mine. So, well, go, go in and his with your third pick. So mine is actually, uh, uh, I'll, I'll start with, I didn't get to jump in just yet on how I got into the Simpsons and I'll do it real quick, but yeah. I am the most casual Simpsons fan at the table, but I do appreciate like you were saying, the first 11 seasons, I could put on any random episode, and I know, you know good TV when you see it. Yeah, yeah. And The Simpsons have, especially the golden era, as you were calling it, doesn't let you down. Like, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. And my parents, uh, we had cable, didn't have cable. We had for a, a minute, because my brother and I are terrible at school, and that was the privilege that I was throwing out real quick. So we had to sell for what was ever on TV. Well, there have been, I think there was a time growing up when there was a Simpsons episode at like 5. 6. And there was two episodes, right? 6 and 6.30. 6 and 6.30. So Fox 5, DC, Home of Comedy. That's what man. it was. Yeah. It was, it was uh, Seinfeld, Simpsons. Mm-hmm. It, it was, would start dinner, 
And then by the end of it, Spencer and I would just kind of shift our uh, way yeah. around the kitchen table to go finish up eating inside there. And then King of the Hill at 7. That was yeah. such a it was killer a, lineup. Mm-hmm. Such a great lineup at that point. But So that's how it began. And uh, one of the episodes that I remember watching was, uh, I thought it was one of the more, in reflection, it was one of the more serious episodes where uh, Barney actually turned sober. Oh, so yeah. this is in Days of Wine and Doses, uh, <laughs> season 11, episode 18, and... At first, I mean, for those that everybody knows Barney, Barney's like the uh, town alcoholic and stuff, and he hangs out at Moe's Tavern. He has his own stool right by the tap because he's like the number one. Uh, uh, and and Moe says that in this episode, but in this episode, he sees a video of himself on a birthday party, and he realizes that there's multiple stages to uh, Barney's uh, alcoholism, you know, oh. where he's... Professor Barney at one point where he mostly doesn't offend people. He says some things that don't really hold up. We'll just say that. And then eventually he escalates to where he impersonates uh, Marge and dresses up and falls <laughs> over and everything. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my God. So the episode is, it stands out in my mind. So I was like, oh, okay. They actually tried sobering up Barney in this episode. And let's see how we get it. All the while to see that Homer gets jealous that his friend is subverting uh, like their, out, their mutual alcoholism mm-hmm. because they enable one another. And Mo gets in on it too because he ends up replacing one addiction with another. He gets him addicted to coffee oh, instead of alcohol. Yeah. And uh, the very last scene you see is Mo on his wagon going, I got you, or something like that, as he steams up his super expensive. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, so, I mean, the reason why it stood out to me is I thought it was really cool to see them take a character that you know so well. Everybody pins and says they can relate to some level because they're like, either I know somebody or I know that stereotype. They flip it on its head, but then the the environment of the episode itself ref, like just reverts it so quickly. The characters like just refuse to let them change for good. They if anything get enraged by it, they make them go back to their way. So yeah. so my mom. I, I love Barney as a character. Um, I think that they 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 kind of played a little bit off and on with him like sobering up. Like there's the Deep Space Homer episode where they both you know, had to train up to be astronauts yeah. and Barney's doing great. You know, he's singing the modern major general song. And drinks that champagne. <laughs> I don't understand. It was not alcoholic champagne. <laughs> so, and then there's the, the, the absolutely amazing reflective moment that he had in the, in the, uh, film festival episode with his unfortunately uh, title Pocahontas. Don't cry for me, I'm already dead. I know you all tuned into this episode for bad Simpsons impressions, but he's a great character. He's a lot of fun, and I I I think you're right, Ryan. Like it's interesting to see them like develop his character a little bit more. Develop it, give it some depth, and then completely take it away because yeah. the other characters are like, you're not doing that. And I think my favorite, like our favorite, like uh, we have throwaway jokes, uh, it's at one point when he first wants to sober up and he wakes up in his room, he's talking to himself in the mirror, I guess, and then he runs to the bedroom and hits like a fireman pole and goes directly into <laughs> his right in the nose. Right in the nose. I was like, oh my God, they have no respect for this character. <laughs> Bart, so that's why. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good pick. Good, good pick. Sean, go ahead and hit us with your third pick. Yeah, my number three is Itchy and Scratchy Land. Wow. Season six. Wow. Um, you know, I wouldn't consider it the funniest episode, but I just think it's really entertaining overall. Yeah. It has some good bits, though. Um, 
This is the one where, um, you know, Bart and Lisa are trying to convince their parents to take them to Itchy and Scratchy Land, but Marge insists that their family vacation is already planned out to the Highway Night Bird Sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, the kids convince them to uh, take them to Itchy and Scratchy Land instead. Uh, by coaxing them with the allure of Parents Island there. Uh, so, you know, they leave. awful. <laughs> they leave Grandpa in charge of pets, and you know, as they drive away, he says, Wait a minute, what was that last thing you said? Grandpa's little helper. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> and the pets snowball too yeah. and see his little helper yeah. look they at each other. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh crap. So then, you know, they arrive at uh, the island theme park uh, by helping helicopter in Jurassic Park fashion, yeah. uh, where the helicopter pilot says, you know, one of their famous quotes is, uh, welcome to Itchy and Scratchy Land, where nothing can possibly go wrong. <laughs> that's the first thing that's ever gone wrong. <laughs> you know, once they're at the park, they go around, they see some Itchy and Scratchy robots, so that they're sure they're not going to attack any humans, only each other. Yeah. Um, Homer and Marge go to Parents Island, where Bart and Lisa end up on their, uh, on their own, and Bart ends up terrorizing the itchy mascot throughout the episode, <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep, kicking him in the shin, <laughs> eventually slingshotting a, uh, a smoke bomb that was into <laughs> a real <laughs> And at that point, the security, theme park security comes and takes him to, um, to the theme park detention jail. Yep. Yeah, jail cell. Where Homer already is, and he's like, what are you in for? And like, I kicked one of those itchy mascots in the butt. And then um, Marge ends up showing up saying um, she's so embarrassed that she wishes there was just a hole that she could crawl into and die. And then one of the, the German security officers goes, okay, go in the hole. Great little bitch thrown throughout. You know, uh, it ends up the robots go mad, uh, start attacking all the humans. Uh, everyone escapes the, the theme park. Uh, the Simpsons are about to escape, but an itchy mascot kicks them out of the helicopter because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were messing with them the whole time. Yep, yep. And then, um, so the Simpsons family goes into an action sequence of fighting off these robots, mm -hmm. eventually def um, figuring out that camera flashes are what takes them out. Everybody takes them out. Yeah. yeah. And then... Uh, for saving the park, Roger Myers Jr. gives him two free passes to Itchy and Scratchy Land. So overall, it's just a really fun episode. Good yes. little gags, good little. Uh, there were some quality Itchy and Scratchy show bits throughout. So rebellious, so yeah, like absolutely. sticking the middle finger up it, and, mm -hmm. and that's what that's what made The Simpsons great for those first however many seasons was. Mm -hmm. It actually felt like you were like part of like counterculture mm -hmm. yeah. by enjoying the Simpsons. Cause they were, they like that whole bit about, um, you know, parents Island Disney was rebranding at that time. And they were trying to do like that same thing. That's what downtown Disney was. It was mm -hmm. like, Oh, we got something for parents too. But like, the Simpsons are and always have been cynical about Disney. Like they take pot shots all the time. Absolutely. That episode has some phenomenal. I mean, you 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 did mention uh, the which the is weird because now they're owned by Disney. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. I was recapping <laughs> on the Disney Channel. Yeah, so, yeah. but Disney but app. the Bort license plate the joke board, yeah. Yeah. just keeps giving. Like I think yeah. they like call it back to their. Yeah. The, so I guess the other thing of note is I've never seen the original Westworld, but apparently that episode is yeah. a huge parody of that movie. I was thinking that when you, I just put that together, I was like, that kind of does sound mm -hmm. like the original Westworld now, like in, you know, thinking about it now. Um, not that I've ever seen it either. It's just like, you know, 
just the cultural reference of that yeah. show. But but it's Sean to your point, like that the those kind of episodes are so much fun to watch yes. and it feels yeah. like you could see it in syndication a hundred times and never get tired of it. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Alright, I'll go with uh my my third pick here, and it is twenty two short films about Springfield, <sighs> yeah. which is season seven, Leading episode right twenty one. Yep, and uh, and it was really difficult because just as you heard, like everyone everyone here loves The Simpsons. I grew up with them, so narrowing a top three was like next to impossible. But I like this one because it is it, it's just like kind of a spoof and an influence or a tribute spoof. Tribute to Pulp Fiction. Yeah. That is exactly what it is. Yeah. It's like, it's all, there's no real story in this one. It's just, a, it's 22 different stories. Mm-hmm. All right. And I, what I thought was cool, because it's like, you got to see characters have a little story arc that you don't usually see. Bumblebee Man and Reverend Lovejoy <laughs> and, and uh, 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 Superintendent Charmers and and his whole steamed hams uh, met with the... With Principal Skinner. Legendary. Yeah, I mean, it was just so, so funny. And then, like, when Lisa gets gum in her hair and the whole town, like, just happens to, like, step into their kitchen and give advice. (laughs) And uh, they even do uh, a lot of Pulp Fiction type of type of jokes and references like when they're at Krusty Burger and they're talking about McDonald's and a quarter pounder with cheese and <laughs> and the the military antique store catches yeah. you know it, I mean it's it's just so many Pulp Fiction references certain even the animation mm-hmm. is influenced by Quentin Tarantino yeah it, it's like super close-ups at times and then it shoots back and uh in the dialogue uh and it has one of my favorite bits ever which was uh, Bully Nelson is laughing at a very tall man in a small, <laughs> oh in a small car. Doesn't realize how tall he is. Doesn't realize how tall he is. And the guy gets out of the car, chases him down, and says, like, are you laughing at me in my automobile? Yeah, and it's like the strangest voice that comes out of that man. And then is this is just like insult to injury, but also at the same time, it's or um, it's uh, what what that tall man does to Nelson to get like revenge is he pulls his pants down, yeah, and has him march through the street, <laughs> and it's like here's the boy that laughs at everything. Let's just laugh at the boy. So it's like Nelson, who you like for the first time ever, feel sympathetic towards because he's yeah. walking around with, without his pants on, and everyone in the town is just pointing at him and laughing at him, mm-hmm. and I was. Like, that's something that Tarantino would write, like, in a movie. Like, when you think about it. You know, like, it's something similar to, like, ultimate embarrassment. You know, obviously it's going to be not as funny, but you can see it's in that same kind of world. Mm -hmm. So, that's what I liked about that episode. All I can say is that it's back-to-back wall-to-wall jokes. It was any excuse to do all those vignettes that you talked about. And, like, I don't know if... uh, anyone listening or anyone in this room goes on, there's a subreddit called a uh, Simpson shit posting and it's just low effort memes about the Simpsons. It's a delight. Um, but for like several months solid, all of the jokes were about steamed hams from that, from that moment in the, like it is such a legendary bit. Like whether you follow the Simpsons or not, you've probably seen that moment of like just steamed hams, steamed hams that escalating, like, you know, hilarity between, you know, Skinner and Super Nintendo Chalmers. Like, <laughs> such a classic bit, but Scott, great, great yeah, episode. Yeah, that, that was fun. 
Yeah. All right, uh, Drew, hit us with your second pick. Yeah, so number two for me, and I'm sorry if this is anyone on anyone's list. We can, you know, talk about that more, but it is Lemon of Troy. Um, this episode is from, uh, I'm so sorry, y'all. Uh, season six, it's episode 24. So this was the season finale. Mm. Um, the plot of it is basically that, you know, Springfield has this revered lemon tree. It's stolen by the no good Nicks in Shelbyville. And, uh, you know, the kids all rally to go recover the tree from Shelbyville. Uh, they run into trouble, so they're aided by all of the their fathers. You know, they all take Ned's uh, new RV over to Shelbyville to reclaim the lemon tree. What makes this episode so great is, to Sean's point, like those episodes that are full of adventure and laughter, and they move so quickly. I can watch that episode back to back and just not not notice time pass. It's so funny to me. Um, just the, the, the interactions, like, you know, there's the joke in the beginning about a part of us all, you know, uh, Marge talking about how, you know, having pride for your community, um, you know, and that, you know, I don't think Bart takes much seriously, but you know, that speech kind of gets to him and he does realize that he does have an affinity and a pride for Springfield. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it kind of pokes fun at that jingoism, too, right? Like, there's no discernible difference between Shelbyville and Springfield, except in Shelbyville, they're allowed to... Marry their cousins. That's right. (laughs) Why would you want to marry your cousins? (laughs) (laughs) Because they're attractive. (laughs) Because they're attractive. (laughs) Um, (laughs) the, 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 The kids campaigning throughout Shelbyville and running this discreet operation... First off, Millhouse, I know, is on both of our top three character lists, uh, Scott. Um, any Millhouse moment is gold, but when he dons his disguise kit, thinking he's going to be like completely invisible, and instead he looks like a, a beetle. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but him discovering his, his doppelganger in Shelbyville and asking him, is this what it's like when doves cry? (laughs) Such a good moment. Um, You know, I I love to see the kids uh, interaction with each other. They're all fun characters. And when you just kind of mix them all up, it's a blast. Um, You know, seeing all of their, you know, doppelgangers in this other community, like every character has a parallel, Mm -hmm. right? Homer's, you know, idiot parallel and Shelbyville is like this, you know, this loud, brash guy just like him. Like, he's got a bratty son just like Bart. It's a very funny, like, mirror to hold up to all the characters. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, it's just full of adventure and, like, super solid laughs, and I love the last bit of it being that, you know, Shelbyville has to console itself without the lemon tree, so they all enjoy a nice, cool glass of turnip juice. Well, they banished the lemon tree forever because it was haunted. That's right. That's like convince themselves that they didn't want the lemon tree. Um, yeah. That was a good pick. That was also one I don't think, like, because I also Googled, like, top ten lists and stuff like that just mm-hmm. to kind of, like, get my, get my brain thinking. And that one I didn't really see up there. I yeah, don't so think that I was, recall that. So that was like kind of really. I've got cool. it almost on my top yeah. three. It's, it's a great, it's a great episode. So yeah. that was that was a good pick. Uh, Ryan, what about you, man? So mine comes because uh, it relates to a personal story, but it's uh, Drew can help correct me if I was going to go through this. Uh, it's 
El Viaje Misterioso de Nuestro Yomer, mm. uh, The Mysterious Voyage of Homer. Oh, and yeah. this is the, uh, since we're doing it, Season 8, Episode 9, this is where uh, Homer uh, uh, goes to a chili eating contest and has too many uh, atomic chilies and hallucinates. And this speaks to me on so many different levels because... You know, the episode starts off with Homer getting berated by Marge because uh, he had too much fun the night before, and she told him, like, you need to chill out. Yeah. And uh, a window opens up, and he smells, like, he smells very specific ingredients in the air and goes, he starts freaking out because he knows there's a chili contest going on <laughs> down in Springfield, so he needs to go do it. So... Marge lets him go uh, underneath the uh, guise of, like, uh, the understanding that he will not be drinking when he does this. And this leads up to the uh, joke from earlier where uh, one of the first people he encounters in the chili eating contest is Ned Flanders. Yeah. He's promising, like, a five-alarm chili. <laughs> and uh, Homer goes, like, he's all dubious about it. He takes it and has it. And he's just like, one, two... That's not five seconds or whatever. And then Ned goes, I know, it's barely two. It might even be 2.5 to son. That's when he asked him if they're going to jail or not. That was always one of my favorite jokes. Yeah, but I also love that Homer has his own spoon. Own spoon. spoon. Far from a bigger spoon. <laughs> he kept it in his hat. And then it was uh, Mo that gave him the, uh, the the pepper originally that freaked him out. Then he had the, he put wax in his mouth. In order it, to was it was Mo? I thought it was Wiggum. Yeah, it was Wiggum. It was Wiggum. And uh, he started popping those things in and just yeah, like more. More, more, more and more. <laughs> so how I relate to that personally and why it stood out to me was is because one time uh, I did a road trip with our cousin Riley and Spencer. And I drove overnight from uh, Roswell, New Mexico to Austin, Texas, uh, bringing Riley home. Uh, and uh, I drove like 11 hours. So I was out of my skull by the time we got there. I drove overnight, <laughs> got to Austin. It was like 100 degrees outside. And we, you know, I'm sleep deprived, I'm hot, I'm sweaty, and there's a hot sauce festival going on. I felt like I was already hallucinating. And at that point, I was like, oh, a bunch of hot sauces. It doesn't even matter. I'm already so uncomfortable as this goes on. That's how I enjoy that. Also, good uh, Johnny Cash was the Mm -hmm. the coyote. So I think the reason, like, so many people vibe with that episode is, like, that whole, you know, I was talking about Ned's existential quandaries in mm. that in that Hurricane Nettie episode. That one, Homer has to, like, do a pretty dark night of the soul. He has to, like, go yeah. through his consciousness and, yeah. like, sift Bond. through everything yeah. about his relationship with Marge. Yeah. and Find your soulmate, Homer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if I, uh, in that part of the episode, I don't think I relate to so much. I'm pretty happy and content I found my soulmate. But for me, it's the simple act of, Going and hallucinating after a chili—that's where I relate. <laughs> so the first half of the episode. The first half yeah. of the episode. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I can pick and choose. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, the animators must have had a lot of fun with that one. So they much. must have, because you could tell they were doing like Yellow Submarine. They were doing like uh, you could tell what animators inspired Never them. Never did ask it, but pretty sure if I did, I think it would look something like that. You know? Yeah. So that was that absolutely stood out. I just I love the sheer like absurdity of that episode. You yeah. know, like. Well, and I think it's, I think most people can relate at least to like doing something to upset your significant other and having to kind of like search your soul a little bit and like find the words or the way to tell them what they mean to you and like why you're sorry. Like Homer, 
Obviously didn't break his word. It was like a weird set of circumstances, but yeah, you know, yeah. But at the same time, still kind of let down Marge in the sense yeah. that he, you yeah. know, kind of yeah. found himself out of a way of like we'll say stasis. You know, like yeah, he didn't just go and be in the crowd. He went yeah. there, and made it about himself, then found his way out afterwards. Of so. course, yeah, and yeah, it's about being sorry and meaning it. Yep. Yeah. Sean, you want to hit us with your uh, second pick there? Sure. My number two is another season six. It's uh, Treehouse of Horror 5. Ooh. Yeah, so, uh, you know, back in the day, there was always that certain appeal for the Halloween specials. Uh, they were always really hyped up before they came out, like, oh, the new Simpsons Halloween special is oh, yeah. coming out. Um, and this one is my favorite of all the Treehouse of Horrors, mm. I think. Uh, it's a three-parter, obviously, so the first one was The Shinning, which is, <laughs> yeah. you know... It, it, Pretty Absolute closely, classic. yeah, it's a classic. <laughs> it pretty closely follows The Shining yeah, it does, with yeah. The Simpsons. Twist do you want to get sued? <laughs> want to get sued? <laughs> <laughs> just, just use that shin of yours. <laughs> come running, but don't be reading my mind between four and five. That's <laughs> really time. time. <laughs> so overall, that one was just a lot of fun. Uh, Mo was the ghoulish bartender. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Home to uh, kill his family for a beer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How cheap uh, it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, and just overall, I really liked uh, The Shinning. Uh, the second one was Time and Punishment, which probably is my favorite of the three, actually. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's where Homer gets his hand stuck in the toaster in the very beginning. <laughs> yes. And, <laughs> you know, the kids are screaming, Dad, your hand's stuck in the toaster. starts screaming and hitting it, and then it gets stuck in there again. He fixes the toaster, uh... Too well, and it takes him back in time. Yeah, and he remembers the advice of his father on his wedding day, which was, um, if you ever travel back in time, don't step on anything because even the tiniest change can alter the future in ways you can't imagine. Immediately after which, a big mosquito flies by, and Homer goes, Stupid bug, you go squish now. <laughs> you know, he goes, uh, it takes him back to the future, everything's changed. Where, uh, Ned, taking it back to Ned Flanders, is the unquestioned lord and master of the universe. <laughs> uh, you know, it keeps going back and forth, uh, changing the past. Was there one where it was raining donuts? Yeah. Yes. That was, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that was like the perfect future for him. Yeah. Except yeah. that she, Marge didn't know what a donut was. And then he starts screaming, runs away, and then she goes, oh, look, it's raining again. <laughs> All donuts. Yeah, uh, that one was a really fun one. And then the third one was Nightmare Cafeteria where uh, Bart really? gets sent to detention, but detention's overcrowded, so they go to the overflow, which is the cafeteria. Um, Jimbo trips lunch lady Doris, and she spills a vat of some kind of green something mm. on him. And, uh, you know, due to budget cuts, lunch lady Doris's lunchroom has resorted to using grade F meat, <laughs> which is mostly circus animals. Yeah. And some <laughs> so, um, you know, they figure out that uh, if they turn Jimbo into sloppy Jimbo, then <laughs> Feed them to school, it solves uh, their overcrowding problem and their great F meat problem. So, you know, the kids eventually catch on to the principal's plot. Um, at one point, Mrs. Probopel's homework is just eat a stick of butter. That was a great gag. Um, and then it ends up being a dream, and they some gas seeps in through the window that turns them inside out, and they start singing and dancing in true classic Simpsons fashion. Uh, just a great episode overall. I, one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. It was good. You're right about, uh, you know, the treehouse as a horror being a special thing, and, like, I remember maybe it was the second or third one, Marge, coming out 
on the stage uh, before the episode and addressing the audience and being like, look, these are really scary. I tried to tell you last year. but And that set the mood for me where, like, every time Treehouse came on, I was freaked out already. I was oh, like, yeah. it, it's it's yeah. happening. Like, this is going to be scary. The hype was real. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and like, uh, occasionally it would do, like, there, sometimes it was just, like, riffing on the Twilight Zone or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, or just like, you know, horror movies. Like, I think one of my favorite bits was the, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street with, like, Willie. Willie. Yeah. Um, but, you know, of the ones that you were talking about, Sean, like, the, the butterfly effect Homer one is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Like, you know, there's just so much to love about those treehouse of horrors. And, like, I love that they can just expand on, again, these ancillary characters and give them more to do. I, yeah, I was never the biggest Treehouse of Horror fan. I might Neither be, I. yeah, but like, I did like yours. Like yours when was they, stands out. And there were a few like the the Monkey Paw. That was you know yeah, one of the bits. Was, like yeah. when, whatever they hit, I felt like they they hit strong. But for me, when I do like rewatches, I tend to skip ninety nine percent of the. I appreciate the yeah. ghoulish names they always did in the opening yeah. credits and stuff. You know that but, was always. But it was also yeah, was cool though because yeah. like as a kid in middle school and high school, and it it did. It was like usually I want to say a lot of times it was like a season premiere of The Simpsons was the Halloween episode, mm-hmm. so it did get you like excited and something like to talk about. So that part was, was I think cool. because the the it was cut into three bits, there wasn't as much uh, to build upon, so it, was, yeah. it felt kind yeah. of rushed a lot mm-hmm. of the episodes, but. That one, just five in particular, just stands yeah. out to me. Brilliant episodes. And, like, I, I, uh, you know, in terms of the Shining parody, I think my uh, favorite moment was his, you know, uh, Jack from The Shining breakdown, and all he's Don't saying is, <laughs> <laughs> no beer, no TV, make Homer go something, something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's that's a great pick, Sean. All right, I'm going to go with my second pick, and it's going to be Season 3, Episode 10, which is Flaming Moe's. Oh, so yeah. Flaming Moe is one of my favorite characters as well, just because he's like just an angry miserable person for the most part <laughs> and just like but I but I love Mo. Um the episode one the animation is really cool and it's it, that he has this drink and it gets so much business and then the drink is called the flaming mo which is essentially just beer with cough syrup and it's set on fire. <laughs> like that's that's what it is. We do and, not condone. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Homer Homer has the idea but Mo steals it because he wants you know to have all that money. But it has so many cool references. Basically, it's like a lot of it is just a, like a spoof and a tribute to Cheers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like uh, so, uh, like some of the gags, some of their entrances that they walk when they walk into the bar, are very similar to like how a character in Cheers would walk in. Uh, they even do. Everyone knows the Cheers theme song. You know where everyone knows your name. They even do a separate theme song in the middle of that episode to Moe's, and it's themed like. Uh, like the cheers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was it was just so good. There's a Phantom of the Opera episode, er, reference to it. It's just so many cultural references that it's just you know it, it's it's just fun to watch. Um, also, it's like you really felt for Homer where they did like a lot of character development there, um, in the sense that he has this idea, he has this cool drink that tastes good, and Mo just completely steals it. Yeah. And you see him like there's this great scene as like a dream sequence where the only word Homer says is Mo. He's just like Mo, <laughs> Mo, and he's just walking through town, and everyone who he sees is Mo's, and he's just like going because it's like in his head, and it's just he's like going insane. Um, so. I, I just I thought the animation, the story, 
all of it was like just brilliant. And then I just love at the end how he how he just gives the secret away by he's standing up looking like Phantom of the Opera and he's like, The secret is cough syrup and people you know and Aerosmith is in the episode as well. <laughs> so it's like just so crazy. And uh, so it was just a ton of fun, great guest, uh, cool music, cool theme song. It, it was just a ton of fun. Yeah. Classic episode. Yeah. It really is. Do we uh, when we went down to Universal Studios, we went to the Simpsons World. Uh, mm-hmm. Did they have? They had flaming moves. They had flaming moves. I thought yeah. we had one, or at least we had like. A, it's not with cough syrup. That no, 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 no. We didn't yeah. drink cough syrup or anything, but they made us a flaming mo. I think. And yeah. I've had a few glasses of Duff beer. Um, yeah. I got. A, I felt like I was in heaven the first time I went there. Um, I went around the corner because they have like a little like food, uh, like cafe yeah. area. And I got a crusty burger with cheese. That was out of this world. They had like the the frying Dutchman yeah. back there. Uh, they have giant donuts that they had there and stuff. They were all like kind of Simpsons like colored or anything. But yeah, I definitely remember the flaming mo being there. And I was like, I remember that episode from that. I yeah. was like, this is fantastic. Like they're just living it. They yeah. lovingly recreated most tavern. Yeah. In and and you even have like the love machine, like the love tester in the yeah. corner. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um. So with that, I, uh, my number one would be uh, Cape Fear. This is season five, episode two. Sorry if I took it from anyone. Um, this episode, talk about rewatchability. Just it's constant, nonstop jokes. And Scott, what you were touching on with your last pick is kind of interesting to me because you were talking about all the cultural references mm-hmm. that The Simpsons make. And whether you know the reference or not, like I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Cheers. But... I know enough about Cheers through The Simpsons iterating on it yeah, and yeah. parodying it that I feel like I don't need to watch all this Sam and Diane stuff. I do. Like, I want to yeah. watch Cheers. But I get the essence of it because The Simpsons parodied it so well. Yeah. So coming to the Cape Fear episode, I had never seen – is it a Scorsese movie, I guess? It is. It is yeah. With Robert De Niro. Yeah. So I I hadn't seen it before I watched the episode. I later watched the film and was like – Oh, and I could barely take it seriously because I had just you seen it. You know all the, the gags and everything else. Exactly. Plot points. Yeah, but, uh, you know, age-old story, Sideshow Bob is released from prison. Uh, he comes after Bart. You know, the family has to go into the witness protection program under an assumed name. Uh, you know, we were talking. The Thompsons. And, and you were talking about how midway through that, that last episode they do like a Cheers <laughs> introduction. And this one they reintroduce the family as the Thompsons. <laughs> it's great. Uh, that, you know, Homer can barely understand that he's <laughs> pretending to be someone else. <laughs> I think he's talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're pursued by Sideshow Bobby, stupidly lashes himself to the underside of the car. <laughs> Homer offers to the kids to drive through a cactus, a cactus patch. <laughs> Sideshow Bob objects from under the car. He's like, do that, do the one. Uh, you know, Bob Bob comes after Bart. Uh, they they have a confrontation. Bart distracts Bob playing off of his vanity and his knowledge of show tunes. Distracts him long enough to, you know, get help from police chief Wiggum and what might be the only bit of helpful police work yeah. that man has ever done yeah. in his life. Followed up by the classic line, bake him away toys. <laughs> um, so many things to love about this episode. Uh, the rake gag just keeps giving. Um, 
there are just so many throwaway moments. Like Kate, my wife and I still like, we talk in Simpsons all the time, but when we scare each other, we do that whole, you know, Bart's on edge. Homer goes running into his room late at night. He's like, Bart, you want to see my new chainsaw hockey mask? Like talk about great animation. Bart's tongue and eyes in that moment. Like uh, amazing. But anyway, we do that when we scare each other. Like, it's just a wonderful touchstone episode. It's yeah. so it so perfectly synopsizes what the Simpsons did great, which is to like memorialize um, these these cultural touchstones, to to iterate on them, to satirize them, to pay homage to them, to like kind of preserve them and to you know pass them on. Um, I think it does all of those things, and I think that's its cultural value in a lot of ways. Yeah, I can't tell you how many references I was introduced to um, from just The Simpsons, either satirizing it or just referencing it in some way. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and even in passing, like, one of my... I, I love the, the joke that uh, Bart goes to the theater in one episode and he sees uh, Naked Lunch... And, you know, it's a really messed up Cronenberg movie. And he walks out and he's like, well, I can think of two things wrong with that title. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to know Naked Lunch, but it helps. Like (laughs) The depth that must have been in that writing room of just like culturally all the schools they went to and just the lives they led, though, and all the references they can make. Because you can always go back and just find something new in our maturity as we've matured to go back and be like, I finally get it. Yeah. It's like, uh, I always call it the the far side complex. I go back and I look at far side comics again. And I'm like, that's what 10 year old Ryan didn't understand. Dang. (laughs) (laughs) Like when I went back to like my third pick, which was the 22 short films Mm -hmm. of, of Simpsons or whatever, or Springfield that came out, I think 1996. And it's so, like I said, it's a huge spoof and tribute to Pulp Fiction. Like I had never seen, I did not see Pulp Fiction in 1996 no. as a nine year old. No. So I just watched that <laughs> episode. <laughs> I just watched that episode. You know, like just I just thought it was funny. Like when he's talking about a quarter pound of her cheese and stuff like that. And you know, I just thought it was funny. And then whenever yeah. I got into high school and watched Pulp Fiction, I was like, oh, oh there <laughs> we go. Like now <laughs> I get the whole <laughs> like yeah. yeah. So many so, of those revelations. Yeah. <laughs> And and it it never condescended. Like the Simpsons, at least in that time frame, they would tell you the joke straight. They didn't care whether you got it or not. They would just commit to the to the gag and 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 play it straight. And I really like that. Ryan, what's your uh, number one pick? Season seven, episode seven, King Size Homer. Ooh. And I have so many thoughts about this. Uh, Probably the reason why I love it the most is just how far Homer will go to get his way just because he disagrees with something. Uh, For those that are not familiar with the episode, uh, it starts off with, uh, what is it, the uh, nuclear plant has an exercise program to get their employees to a certain size. Homer finds out that he does not like exercising and finds out what it takes in order to be disabled, which is uh, putting on 65 pounds. So he has to weigh way 300 pounds. So he, enlisting the help of Bart, starts to uh, uh, basically binge to get uh, big enough to eventually have uh, Mr. Burns like buy him a remote computer and have it out of his house where he's wearing a muumuu. And at one point escalates where he's hitting the keyboard with a broom for uh, doing his nuclear safety <laughs> job. I mean, say what you will, but working from home is definitely a different perspective these days, especially 
through the pandemic and everything, but... If only Homer would have waited to the coronavirus. <laughs> if only he would have waited. But the thing that stuck out to me in this episode, because I appreciate it on two different times. Like, when I was a kid, you know, it definitely hit me differently. And now I relate to it in a much different way where it's, you know, the admiration of wanting to work home but not having the willingness of doing what he did. And what stood out to me is, like, you know, uh, as a married person now, from the get-go... Uh, Marge is like, I don't want you to do this. Don't do this. And he just completely goes his own way and has like these daydreams of how like Marge is going to accept him for who he is and how she's going to find him much more attractive and everything. And when Marge like finally tells him like, Homer, we're going to do a pros and cons list at the table, you know, I don't know if I'm finding you attractive anymore. And he's like, kind of thing. Like he said, I'm going big old dynamo or something like that. That just combined with like the short little punch they had at the end where uh, he eventually uh, set up a bird to keep hitting the uh, Y key over and over again and then uh, gets back from a, a, a trip and then sees that it's been fallen over and the nuclear plant's about to <laughs> melt down. So he tries to get into his car. It doesn't work. And then races to the uh, plant whereby still doing their exercises and uh, through hilarity. Uh, Homer tries to do the manual shutoff and actually falls into the tank that was about to explode. And Mr. Byrne gives him like an adoration afterwards. I mean, it's so just he'll pay for the life. He'll pay for the life of section after he couldn't do one sit up with him afterwards. Yeah. he wanted to be skinny again for his family. That was that is an excellent pick, and yeah. I think that like I think a lot of Simpson fans have would probably because of so many references in that episode. There's I think so that would references. be. Um, um, that would be on a lot of people's top five, top three lists. You know, I, I definitely think your that. fingers are too uh, t- uh, chubby to yeah. hit the phone. Please smash order. all the keys well, yeah. <laughs> to obtain a special <laughs> dialing wand. Yeah. Oh, there's no time for that. <laughs> I don't have time. We got to order a tab. <laughs> oh yeah, Homer. Homer interacting with the yeah. computer yeah. is yeah. great. Homer inter- I mean, there's just so many references to yeah. it. Oh, look at that! I just had to hit the Y key. I tripled my productivity. Yeah. Is he sitting there? Sean, what about you? Uh, what's your number one pick? My number one is from season five. It's The Last Temptation of Homer. Wow. Uh, I don't know if you all are familiar with that one, but I think it has some of the funniest bits of any episode. Um, basically, it starts with uh, Mr. Burns is forced by the Department of Labor to hire a woman at the nuclear <laughs> power plant um, after firing one of his staff. In one of my favorite scenes, uh, he has that to be fired employee standing there and uh, he, pushes, he pushes a red button behind his desk a glass tube surrounds him he, he gets sucked up and, uh, to who knows where Mr. Burns goes Smithers where does that tube go and he's like I don't know sir it was here when we moved in it cuts to India somewhere in India where he gets deposited on a table surrounded by a bunch of men who chant dance 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 he starts like awkwardly dancing and they start screaming and ululating it's, ama- it's an amazing gag uh, my fiance who is not uh, she didn't watch The Simpsons growing up she was rolling when she saw that one I, yeah. I, was, I was right there with her um, just total absurdist. Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. So left field. <laughs> but the plot of this one is, uh, so Mr. Burns hires a, a woman at the, at the power plant, uh, Mindy Simmons, who uh, Homer starts to have hallucinations about um, at one point saying, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that packet of powdered gravy I found in the parking lot. Uh, so he's infatuated with her. Um, at one point he goes home to his loving family where he sees Marge, who's sick, um, stuffed up, Bart, who has just gone to uh, the doctor, got like 
medicated ointment on his scalp, <laughs> prescription shoes, big thick glasses, he pats his head. Hi, son. It's ointment all over his head. He presents him with uh, fish sticks that are burnt on the outside but frozen on the inside so it evens out. And Grandpa Simpson runs by chasing the dog, screaming, that, uh, what was it? That raccoon stole my lamb chops. So he's just like, he comes home to his loving family to just see Falling chaos. apart, yeah. yeah. Um, but he continues on. He talks to Mo at one point about his problem. Says he has this friend, uh, Joey Jojo Joey Jr. Shabadoo. And Mo goes, that's the worst name I ever heard. <laughs> and that random guy runs out of the park crying. Barty goes, wait, Joey Jojo. <laughs> All these little gaps are just amazing. Um, eventually, Homer and Mindy are selected to represent the nuclear power plant at the Energy Convention in Capital City, where they share uh, they share a hotel suite. Um, they almost kiss in Lady and the Tramp style with footlong chili dog. Uh, Homer's dress shirt unbuttons to show his shirt of Marge stretched out that she got for a discount, and the, the sound, her groan sound starts playing like, mm, 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 over and over. He screams, thinking it's a bad omen, runs out, and then you see like the mop outside, the bellboy mopping the floor. Um, just so many little gags in this episode, but uh, it also it's also heartwarming because uh, the last scene he he considers having sex with Mindy, but then. It cuts to uh, Marge, Marge there yeah. instead of mm-hmm. Indy. So, uh, just in my opinion, just classic, great gags, but also heartwarming. Uh, that yeah. old golden uh, season of The Simpsons that mm. just had it all, you know. Yeah, that, that was that's an excellent pick. Like that, that was so. The and one of the one of my favorite bits in that is when he's like dreaming of, pe- of playing tennis with Mindy, oh, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. like. Mindy, are you happy? I'm happy. We're all happy. You know, like, it's like, are you happy? Quite. Yeah. <laughs> it's also so got that good moments. Yes. That that opening. Uh, I don't know why, but I'm obsessed with the Flintstones and and Homer <laughs> singing in the car. You know, Simpson. Homer Simpson. He's the greatest guy in history. Yeah. From the town of Springfield, he's about to hit a chestnut tree. <laughs> like, so good. The, the Homer loves Mindy like yeah. dream oh, sequence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mindy. Yeah, Lisa, yeah. Terms, yeah. From judging from your song, you're in fact by a woman named Mindy or a man named Andy. <laughs> Start to finish, it's just an incredible episode. Just so many jokes. I got yeah. some Homer for sure. That, that's that's a great pick. Very good pick. All right, I'm gonna go with. I don't know if it's my, like, it's tough because it's like, I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite in the sense of, like, funny comedy or, 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 you know, if it has the best gags, but I'm going with it because of just the cultural impact that it had, and uh, it's Who Shot Mr. Burns. Wow. Part part, part one. one. Great. Um, It was the season finale of season six, and... It was, it's very, it's obviously like a spoof, a play on who shot JR from Dallas. Like, it's, you know, very similar to that. Not that I've ever seen Dallas, but it's like, I know that's, <laughs> I know that who shot JR is a reference to Dallas. Yeah. So it's like, who, who, and JR, if my Dallas knowledge is correct, is that he's just like a horrible, horrible person. And Mr. Burns is a horrible, horrible person where there's a reason for everyone in the town that would want to, to, to kill him. Yeah. You know, like, like. So it was this big mystery of like who shot this guy? Was it Smithers? Was it Homer? Because I believe he fires Homer in that episode. Um, so it's like, does Homer want to go and like go and kill him? And 
just like as the and just how he gets shot and how he how he lays on the sundial and which you ended up being like a hint. Um, and then like when uh, Dr. Hibbert is like, I was like, who it could have been like people were like, it could have been anybody who mm-hmm. shot Mr. Burns because he wanted to black out this or block out the sun. Yeah. And murder the whole town. And then it's like, it could have been anybody. And then it goes to Dr. Hibbert. It's like, no, I don't know who did this. Do you? And he's <laughs> and he's talking to you. Like, you, it's like they the camera is on him. Yep. Yeah, they, they broke the wall, and they're, that fourth wall, and he's talking to, to you. And... I mean, it, and it got everybody talking because it was like everyone, like I remember being in school and we're like, who shot Mr. Burns? Like it was so awesome. And then I, like 7-Eleven had, yep. had the cups, yep. like the Slurpee cups of oh, who yeah. shot Mr. Burns. It was, so it was just such a cool event um, and such a huge impact. And that's why I put it at, at, at number one. Yeah. It was one of those cliffhangers that it felt like everyone watched, um, you know, I think people are less interested in seeing it resolved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Than just I, I asking yeah. the question. Yeah. I um, don't. I did not like part two. Like you I, didn't enjoy it. Yeah. I, I think they could have done Grant's a Simpson, so you can make the case that every episode is just standalone to begin with. And yeah. You, I mean, you can so easily, it's easily the, make that. Missed over calling it but, part one. But you. But they could have, in my opinion, done so something so much cooler if it, if. In, in part two, and they didn't. Yeah. I mean, what what's interesting, though, is that, like, this was, uh, you know, debuted at a time where, like, television was appointment watching. Yeah. You know, you knew that Sunday nights you would have to watch The Simpsons or you'd miss it, uh, and then you'd have to resolve to, like, see it in syndication or, like, get a VHS bootleg or something like that. Yeah, so many might know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, and I guess, like... That for that reason, it kind of brought us all together in a way. It had it just I, a I, cultural I, phenomenon. It was. I, I had it. I just looked it up about you. said must watch TV. It was uh, that season was averaging. It looks like over twelve mi- million viewers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think and, that that had to have been peak Simpsons. Yeah, right there. yeah. And I mean, twelve million. Good lord, like. No, no one's getting close to. Was that to like, like the golden time slot where it was like seven p.m. on se- Sunday night or something? Eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. the I, I remember the next day in school, every time you know a Simpsons would air on Sunday, my friends and I would all get yeah, together yeah. in the hallway, yeah. and we would just talk Simpsons like the entire day. It that's was like punk do. rock and Simpsons were all we cared about. Like that's the only two things that we cared about. Um, one thing I do want to say while we're on the topic is just how much I appreciate the show for like the comfort it gives me. Yeah. Um, Sean, you were talking about the tapes. Yeah. And like having that in your ha- and it's like something you share with your family. Like I remember the first time I was able to watch it, I my mom didn't like the show at all. She thought it was like sacrilege, basically. Not that we're a very religious household, but she didn't like that Bart was this you know kid with a crappy attitude. She thought it was a bad influence, and I got really sick one night. Uh, with the flu, and she was like, you know, it's cool, here's a blanket, go watch The Simpsons. And that was such a huge moment for me because, you know, I was finally allowed to watch The Simpsons, and it just meant so much to me, like, watching that show. And then over the years, like, I remember going to a party one night, and, like, I left, I wasn't happy there. My friends and I were walking in the rain. Uh, We, you know, happened across uh, someone, like, some hippie girls invited us into their house and they just had Simpson tapes and we just sat there waiting for the rain to pass and they just showed us Simpsons reruns until the rain stopped and like that's comforting that's awesome I I completely agree there's something just comforting about putting on some classic Simpsons yeah Um, Yeah. you know and and 
it goes so far back with so many of us. Like my brothers and I would always quote The Simpsons, always watch The Simpsons together. Uh, my friends and I are still quoting The Simpsons to this day. Just like crazy obscure references that we all get because it's stuck with us yeah. Uh, yeah. so strongly. I think I kind of it's like a part of us all. Part of us all. I like it from a different angle in the sense like I didn't grow up like quoting it all the time. It was on when it was on. I guess like I again like I'm not. I wasn't raised, like, immersed in Simpsons culture or anything, but I will go back and say for sure, if you put on one of those episodes, I'm watching it. Because it is such... Because I know it's such good TV. It's so well-written, so well-executed. And there's just something, like, that you see it. And then it's like we were talking about earlier, like, that... That's where that came from. Like, Mm -hmm. there's just, like, that little nugget of nostalgia that comes back, and it's always, always there and waiting for you. But you were saying with uh, your mom, my mom... She would sit and watch with us, and it was always like a crapshoot if it was going to be laughing with us and watching it, or if she got up, grabbed the remote, and turned the channel and turned it off afterwards. <laughs> like, oh, I guess we're watching Fresh Prince again. All right. I know. I love Fresh Prince. There was a huge blowback at the time. Just, yeah. Uh, they, guess, they, just from like how Bart would uh, treat his parents and yeah. how Homer would I mean, choke Bart. Like, yeah. They even have a, like they have a, the Itchy Scratchy and Marge is an episode where Marge is protesting Itchy Scratchy for oh, being yeah. too yeah. violent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that was definitely making fun of <laughs> the parents are, making yeah. fun <laughs> of the Simpsons. The, like yeah, that yeah, is that who they were taking and that's who they were. And yeah. what about I mean like uh, you know so first it was the Simpsons and then it became South Park and South Park took it so far but that tongue in tea joke that yeah. Simpsons already did it. Yeah. And I never took that as like they're out of ideas, but South Park creators had such revere respect for uh, the Simpsons because mm-hmm. they have, they grew up in it. They obviously yeah. had their influence and stuff and just how cultural shifting and forming the Simpsons are. I mean, we literally went to a park where they, mm-hmm. I know like a lot of things in the same place that Harry Potter or anything, but like, the Simpsons, like that's a cartoon that changed and influenced so many of us growing up yeah. more than others. But being able to go through that, and even I, as a casual fan going through there, I was like, I'm in Moe's Tavern. This is really effing cool. Yeah, they build out worlds. And, you know, just to back up a little bit, and I'm sorry if this is rambly, but the 22 short films about Springfield, Springfield feels like a real place. Of yeah. course, it's fictional, of course, but they've built up the lore of it so much yeah, yeah. that it feels like you could be on the streets of Springfield. So, of course, yeah. it works in a park. And, of course, in the Itchy and Scratchy Land episode, they've built out the park. They've thought about each part of the park. There's a map to the park, and there's like, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, like searing gas pains. <laughs> uh, just the Simpsons, the world of the Simpsons is so vibrant and just, yeah, yeah, um, it's something. It's incredible, and unfortunately, like I don't watch newer episodes, as mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah, no, no. yeah, it's just so. Uh, specifically, I'm talking about these classic Classics, seasons. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, unfortunately, at some point. Um, my, actually, my friend was talking to me about this. There's a running theory called Jerkass Homer, which was mm. a turning point, apparently, when, you know, the characters started to become caricatures of themselves, and Homer became mean and dumb instead of, you know, kind and dumb. Like, go yeah. lucky dumb. Yeah. Yeah, it just, uh, it was actually the leader episode, season nine, which is a good episode, but mm-hmm. he just was running around, uh, shoving everyone, going, out of my way, jerkass, and it was kind of just a turning point for when it mm, started, yeah. you know, to... Uh, they, leave that golden era. That's a, yeah, I, I gotta look yeah. that up. I mean, because some of the yeah. and some of those later episodes, they just did like just stupid things. Like 
why is Homer so dumb? And he had like a crayon in his head. <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah. you're like, what? Is, and then he sticks the crayon back in his head. Yeah. He to, it's just like, I just thought it was just let him be who, who I don't yeah. know. Which I do think like with the, uh, like how we talked about South Park. I mean, South Park is fantastic. Yeah. Like, we, we all love South Park as well. Even but today. I think one of their greatest things that they did was one of their big cliffhangers. And how I said, like, part two of Who Shot Mr. Burns could have been so much better. Mm-hmm. Well, one of their big cliffhangers was uh, Who's Cartman's Dad? And then the season, and that was the season finale. Then the season premiere, so everyone was talking, Who is Cartman's Dad? Who is Cartman's Dad? And then the season premiere the next season was just a 30-minute Terrence and Philip episode. <laughs> Like just, just constant, just trolling their own fans. At the time, I was so bad about that. Don't you wish, like, like, when the season premiere of The Simpsons, so right after Who, Who Shot Mr. Burns for One, if it just would have been 30 itchy minutes of itchy and scratchy. Yeah. Like, it, oh, that, that would have been so good. The joke would have been perfect. So I got a Absolutely. tangent. Uh, how do we feel about the movie? It's fine. I mean, it, I've only it, seen the movie once, and I saw it in the theater. Same. I did and, and, and I loved it. I thought I it was amazing. Yeah, I, I haven't it. seen it since it came out. It has been, been a while, but I do remember enjoying it. Came it came out yeah. after the golden era, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, but yeah, I feel yeah, like, yeah, 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 I feel yeah. like the writing on that, because I think I've seen it the last like five years, and I remember it being hilarious. Like, yeah, it I remind me of like the earlier yeah, episodes. I, I have the same feeling. I would watch again if it was all it was, TV. It, sure. it, it was consistently funnier than anything they were putting out at the time, yeah, but yes, then again, yeah, it's a sure. feature-length film. It better be funny. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. like, you're, you, like, I don't know how long people spend writing an episode, but yeah. I just want to say that like those halcyon days of like, you know, peak Simpsons were, it was really neat because you felt like something edgy and different and new was happening yeah. in comedy. It felt like kind of like a postmodern, you know, interpretation. And then that got twisted yet again with stuff like South Park and, you know, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Family like, guy and, yeah, yeah, humor has like gotten really complex over the years. Um, you know, and I think, I think, you know, people started to do more and more irony. And I think the Simpsons was ironic without being like detached. Like I think it still had it, it wore its heart on its sleeve, you know? And I think Homer and the rest of the cast did a good job of like carrying the joke, but not 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 like, you know, alienating you. Yeah. Um, you know, you could still trust them. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate the fact that they had so many wholly unique characters. Yeah. Like you were talking about the poster earlier that you, you could identify and everything. And well you could look and then once even I don't know their names, I gotta look at it and be like that yeah. one is unlike the other three. Around. You know, Kodos and Kang, the space aliens. Yeah, yeah. It's like Kang. Yeah, I mean that's just the the amount of creativity that comes from all that is to create in that spectrum in that 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 box. Like it's just fantastic, and that's how I guess you get to be on TV. Are they still making episodes? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think they still are. I, I also want to say that I think a huge part of what made The Simpsons so good was the voice acting. Yeah. We haven't even talked about that. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It really made the show. We might have to save that for part two. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, part two. Our our, uh, top, yeah, hang on for the next season when we do part two. I think a a great thing is I remember when the big talk, when streaming was just coming a big thing, it was like, will The Simpsons ever be streaming? Will it ever be? Mm -hmm. And FX was the first one, and I remember. They did it great. Yeah, and I mean, FX had it. And, uh, but not everyone had that app, not everything, so it's not like everyone had it. 
And then um, I thought it was, I think it is brilliant that Disney has it just because of the audience that it now reaches. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Uh, yeah. yeah. Kids are watching it kids now. Kids are watching it Those now. Those DVDs yeah. are almost priceless, though, yeah. because they include so many commentary I got, tracks. I have and, the first 12 on DVD. And, and, and I'm never giving them up. Yeah. yeah. No, Those no, commentary no. tracks are worth their weight in yeah. gold. Like you if you're, I need to watch those with commentary. I've heard really, really good. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. Like hearing like... Matt Groening, just like uh, what's even go through his head. But who else are the big names behind the... Like Al Jean... Mike Rice, um, uh, what's his name? The good, uh, obviously Conan O'Brien was yeah, huge Conan for O'Brien a while. A like, writer, yeah. uh, and I'm surprised no one said I expected um, Marge versus the Monorail. I was thinking the same thing. I was expecting someone to drop. That's that everyone's like favorite episode. It's a great episode. There's just so many. There's good so many. Right. Yeah. We could meet again next week and do part <laughs> two of our favorite. You know, and it's and I mean you can make a whole. There are there are podcasts that are just oh, on yeah. the Simpsons. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, so I, there's just so many. Yeah. Um, and and the hard part is I realize we might be alienating a few people here who, like, aren't hardcore about the first, like, ten seasons or so. Um, you know, I'm not going to tell you anything that you don't already know. Like, it's, yeah. you know, some people like it. Some people it's not for yeah. them necessarily. Some like, of their existence says, I love every episode past season ten. And you know what? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Pleasure. Pleasure. Enjoy what you um, enjoy. Real quick. I might disagree with you, though. Does <laughs> anyone have a Simpsons tattoo idea? Because I've seen, I, we know people who have the Millpool tattoo. Yeah. yeah, that's a pretty good, that's pretty good. I've seen Marge's stretched out face from the uh, <laughs> from the episode you're talking Mr. about. Mr. Sparkle. Mr. Yeah. Sparkle. I think that'd be a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. You think about getting a tattoo? I mean, if it were a Simpsons one, I'd have to think long and hard. Maybe like an El Barto or, you know. Yeah, uh, Bone Storm. <laughs> Barney Bone Storm would go to hell. Uh, I, I have a coffee mug of Barney uh, that says, don't cry for me, I'm already dead. <laughs> All right, well, this has gone on for, for over an hour okay. here, so, um, but this is a lot of fun. And I know maybe this alienated a few people because you're not a big Simpson fan, but hey, it's on Disney Plus, and it seems like everyone I know has Disney Plus, so 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 check what it out. What else are you gonna yeah, do? Yeah, so watch it, and if not, check into another episode. But um, but I hope you you enjoyed this. Uh, uh, my name is Scott Vassalotti. I'm Drew Martin. Ryan Keita. Sean King. All right. Uh, thank you for listening.